0: side
1: of pete today i'm ryan you are in the hole with major league a-holes we have two first place teams to talk about we could have four first place teams to be talking about on the verge uh we've got one of the craziest plays in the history of baseball to talk about we have aesthetics the return of aesthetics and i think pete's going to be leading this one his new his favorite segment um
0: <laughs> again
1: this is gonna be a fantastic aesthetics because the white Sox kick just kicked the shit out of the this new nike city connect thing it's awesome um we've got a new segment we're going to debut dumbass injury of the week uh we also have of course asshole of the week and shit you couldn't make up so
0: And, and, uh, my investigative reporting will, I owe owe everyone, uh, information about Russa's long-term stance on, um, players getting hit as well as a uh, uh, teams being vaccinated so we're
1: we're workshopping uh, a title for pete's segment investigative reporting segment right now it's called pete's beat but that's kind of i'm not sure if that's gonna stick <laughs> we'll, we'll work on that that's that's five minutes old so yeah but let's go ahead and jump into the news now here's
0: the news it's the news
1: the big news Oh, fuck, Scotty, that is good news. That is great news, man. Let's bring it all home as Major League Baseball presents This Week in Baseball.
0: The news is really aesthetics. Uh, uh You know, um... The White Sox, so so the Boston Red Sox uh, were the first team to do the uh, City Connect jerseys, and everyone looked at the jersey and said, are they a Swedish uh, soccer team? I thought they looked nice. We did, e- did a yeah. whole
1: segment on it. Right. I thought they looked nice, but I didn't understand it. And it, uh, right. and it came out that it had something to do with the Boston Marathon, right. or the finish line right. or something. Those are the colors, but it's not readily av- apparent to anyone outside of Boston, which they probably don't give a shit about, but... So it was a little confusing. Yeah, the next one was actually pretty cool. We didn't talk about it at all it was uh, Miami Marlins did the Havana Sugar Kings. Did you did you see that? We didn't talk about this at all. But did you see that? Yeah, they're yeah, like was, red. Was, yeah, they were actually better than the Marlins current uniforms. I thought those are those are pretty sweet. So so the the Nike City Connect was definitely trending in the right direction. And I didn't know. Did you know that the Sox uniforms are going to be revealed this week? It just kind of no, blindsided no, me. I had all, no idea.
0: All of a sudden, there was like a social media teaser, like today at whatever four o'clock or whatever, mm. or at noon. I forget. Yeah, I was, missed whatever. that totally. Like that, the uniforms were coming out, and then the uniforms came out, and Whew. you were like, "Oh shit, they nailed it!" Yeah, like they nailed it. I, I, you
1: know, you know me. I hate. Everything about the White Sox, but those fucking uniforms are incredible. They 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 describe the White Sox, and they describe the city of Chicago or the South Side attitude just perfectly. I I was yeah. blown away. So I'm assuming you've ordered all sorts of shit from that well new collection, South well, Side
0: collection. The collection is gone. As fast okay, as it was yeah. out there, you cannot get a jersey. They sold surprised. out in three hours. The Tim Anderson jersey sold out in two hours. Yeah. Um, if you're keeping count, I could get a jersey for Charlie and just watch him walk around in one because there are youth jerseys available. Um, but yeah, the adult jerseys are gone right now. So I, I don't know. I don't know if they're just going to, that is what it is. Um, I do know there is an event at Navy Pier on June 5th that uh, I, I got an email about from the White Sox, um, a City Connect event at Navy Pier. That's like an all day mm. thing that is going to have conveniently enough a City Connect merch truck. So perhaps <laughs> they might perhaps need a if, few. Yeah. Perhaps if you want to get a jersey, that's your next opportunity. Um, I am. Go- I was hopeful because I was like, oh, I went online and there were none there. And I'm like, oh well, I'm going to the game today, which is now a doubleheader, which is why I'm in a super jacked up mode. Um, yeah, um, I get to watch Keuchel and Lance Lynn pitch today. So, wow, That's quite a day. And I get uh, uh, the Baltimore pitcher had the no hitter uh, in the second game against Lynn. Is mean uh, is pitching, so that should be pretty interesting. But I was hoping like there would be something that uh, the sports depot today but the sports depot is where it was announced that they people went to the sports depot and bought it all up it's gone everything's gone so
1: so let's describe let's describe a little bit of what what yeah so
0: it's super cool it's it's just it's sort of ominous looking, like badass. <laughs> I mean, it's dark, it's, it's black with white with a white pinstripe accent. Kind of like a
1: grungy, grungy background to it. It's not like a solid black and solid right, white stripes. It's yeah. kind of just sort of distorted and really fucking cool.
0: And then the south side is in the, you know, like the old English um pointed script looking like I mean, it just—it looks tough. I mean, yeah,
1: it, yeah. they took the—they took the S out of the Sox logo and removed the O and the X, and then they spelled out the rest of Southside with uh, what would be the to the link font, which. It's white outlined in silver on top of the black with the white pinstripes. It, it's just mean. It, it's fucking. It's fucking perfect. And then did, the hat is the similar font, but it spells out C H I, kind of like the S O X, kind of like a diagonal. Diagonal. You gonna get the hat too, or what? You load well, up. I must, all of it
0: uh no i mean i don't know i don't even know what i'm gonna be able to get i mean yeah. you know at the end of the day uh i'm gonna maybe the hats are there today i don't know they also released this really cool i mean not to extend this aesthetics segment but there's <laughs> they're only available at the sports depots this really cool line of uh of and i meant to talk about the <laughs> shit shit Pete forgot a month ago. Um, I meant to talk about this. They released this really cool line called Thirty Fifth and Shields.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've hats, seen that hats
0: and clothing, and and that you can get there. And those, uh,
1: and that those feel like a similar aesthetic, kind of a city like yeah. lifestyle, kind of uh, rough, like tough urban yeah. kind of feel to it. Thirty Fifth and Shields. Yeah, that I believe has something. There's like collaborations with local artists. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's cool. I don't know who, I don't know. I don't remember who they are, but, um, yeah. So it, that is cool stuff too. So, and I mean the, you know, the, the socks in recent years, you know, they, they teamed up with chance, the rapper a few years ago for those caps. And so they, they've really, yeah, they've been, you know, they've embraced their, the, the famous, uh, fans that they have who who are Chicagoans over the years and have, you know, collaborated with them. So you know, I, I don't know who did, did you, I didn't read who is the architect behind the, I know Nike is, but I thought they were collaborating with like local people to come up with these jerseys. So. I think,
1: yeah, I'm not sure how that worked. I think they're I think it's just Nike and the teams. I, I didn't read exactly what happened with the socks, but I know that it was the Red Sox and Nike just directly involved on in that collaboration. I didn't hear that any local artist was involved. So I'm not sure if that's the same with the White Sox or if they did. But the uh, so you've got like a hat, a new hat, jersey. I think they're selling. Of course, they're selling T-shirts with the same jersey logo on it. Yeah. With the the rest of the uniform, they have black pinstripe pants. Yeah. Which that was the only thing I didn't really like, like the black. I don't know it's probably going to look really fucking cool it's very different but i think it would look probably better with just some white or gray pants but um i'm i guess they're probably not selling the 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 black pants with pinstripes but maybe they are i bet those
0: i bet those are in stock maybe i'll
1: just get those (laughs) why just put the pants on just walk around the stadium wearing the pants (laughs)
0: what's up
1: so that'd be my only criticism of the uniform but I, I don't think it's gonna be it certainly doesn't take away from how fucking cool it is uh, it, i'm gushing about a white Sox thing it, it kind of turns my stomach but it, they're they're fucking incredible so well done south Side. um proud of you guys uh unless you had more about the uniform maybe we should just transition to actual baseball yeah, you said um, you're going to you're going to the doubleheader today. Two seven inning games.
0: Two seven inning games. I get to experience uh, the the. I was I was, you know, last night we had the game on here, and we were like, I'm like, I don't think they're going to play. I think we're going to get a doubleheader tomorrow. And sure enough, around eight thirty, they announced uh, the doubleheader, and uh, everyone who. Um, had tickets for today's game, just get to go. And anyone who played, who had tickets to last night's game gets a refund um, and, uh, you know, gets to, and can pick another game or whatever. So I get
1: decent weather today. I mean, it's a little chilly, but it's not. Yeah. We're a
0: lot better than yesterday. 153 row fours. All sun, all day. It's going oh, to be nice. freaking perfect. 153, that's down the third baseline? Yeah, 153, third baseline, fourth row. It's going to be... Uh, fourth row, wow. Yeah, it's going to be... Those are the seats. We're actually in our real seats today, so that's nice, too. Um, I do have some confirmed news that we can break on this show. Um, from a employee that works with the White Sox the final june homestand will definitely be at 100% capacity wow so this is a new this is a breaky this is for chicago too i'm imagining the the middle of the month end of the month homestand for the cubs too will also be at 100% capacity so you heard it here first folks 100% <laughs> capacity at uh, sporting events
1: I'm not too surprised at that just because like Michigan on June 1st, everything's a hundred percent like Lansing Lugnuts games are actually going to be at a hundred percent. So Detroit Tigers games will be at a hundred percent on June 1st. So they went from 20 to a hundred percent where Chicago took the intermediate intermediary step where you went from 20 to 60 and now you're eventually going to get to 100. So that's cool.
0: Yeah. So that, that'll be, uh, that'll be, uh, a lot easier to get to games now for everybody. Um, But anyway, real news uh, for the uh, White Sox, uh, the Yankee series to uh, put it mildly was was a disappointment. You had, I was wondering
1: if you were going to just gloss over that. somehow.
0: You had had two out of the three games and the one, the one I penciled in for the loss was, was the lopsided uh, Garrett Cole game, seven, nothing, but they had two games. They could have easily won. Um, You had the, the 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 offense seemed to dry up in game one um they couldn't get anything going that they it, you know and this kind of almost goes back to the old hawkism it's not who you play it's when you play them the yankees pitching staff from the the game right before the Sox into the game after the socks sent some record of scoreless innings that they haven't had since World War II 1947 or something <laughs> crazy like that. Wow. So I mean that that that's probably a little bit of that. Um but you know I, and I think the the biggest disappointment and it was thank god the NL Central rolled into town for us mm. because uh that the, Andrew Vaughn hits is the only person to score a run off of Raldo Chapman this year jacks a ball to right center. I mean, it's a no doubter, right? And you're like, yeah, we're going to come back and win this one. They load the bases in the ninth. Liam Hendricks comes in and then walks in the run. And, like, you couldn't be more deflated, like, after a loss like that. And then they come back Monday against the Cardinals and win five to one. So they – unlike socks teams in the past this team has the ability especially um based on the level of the opponent opponent to just like kind of snap back to it and get back to business so um unfortunately in the card series you know maybe it maybe jinxes are real i feel like i i put a double jinx on my socks first i i i said to smitty they're going to be at a plus 100 by the end of the yankee series uh in run differential and then then they lost three in a row and then i a little overconfident i know and then i text earlier in the day on thursday before the afternoon game like when we go on we're going to be talking about two first place chicago teams and then thanks a lot (laughs) then the Sox lost that final game to the cardinals so um
1: nice work Sox. but
0: what's interesting about that is the cardinals uh did not want to get swept because Gantt was not the original scheduled pitcher for that day. It was, it was Aviado was the original scheduled pitcher for that game. And then they switched it to Gantt. Um, so they wanted to stop that. They did not want to leave Chicago swept, obviously. So they moved Gantt up, which is interesting that they felt that was that important to do that. But, um, the biggest waste of that game was Rodon uh, pitched six innings, 10 strikeouts, just completely dominated uh, the, the um, we let up one hit, which was a line drive home run over center field and, mm. and, and, and got the loss that day. So that that's tough. That's, that's tough. So um, the luckily the Orioles now come into town and and the Sox easily won the first game as we already spoke about the rain out and we get a doubleheader today. Uh, and then Giolito pitches tomorrow. So I'm going to see three quarters of the series cause I'm going tomorrow too. So oh uh, no way. yeah. Jesus. So i got a lot of baseball coming. I'm going to, I, I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe I'll do a Pete's food frenzy inside the park. Uh, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to have lunch and dinner there today. So, you know, we're going to have to, <laughs> You, you know. got to get the Yerminator? Uh, no, Yerman, that's, that's not that's even a, there. That's, that's outside a, the park, yes. Yeah, so I oh, don't know. Come on. I don't know. Maybe I'll, uh, I mean, I really don't want the Comiskey burger, but maybe it's worth oh. it. Yeah, this doesn't look good. I'll figure out something. Two turds on a bun? Two, yeah, two Glenmark patties on a bun. Sounds terrible, right, Thanks. as I say. Um, <laughs> One one interesting thing Um, uh, that, uh, one, one other thing, news-wise, it, the rumors broke uh, yesterday that the Sox are already, even though the international uh, signing isn't in, is until international signing period is until January. News broke that the Sox already are going to end up with the number two-rated international prospect out of Cuba, Oscar uh, Calais. Um he was originally billed as the Otani of Cuba because he I was saw that. he was pitching and um he was pitching and playing offense but he's since uh it's it's been noted the 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 headlines are deceiving cuz most of the articles leave with that headline where we, when you read the article it says he has no interest in pitching anymore and and, and no <laughs> That's team, some fancy I, headline I, right Yeah in there. I know I know and the, most teams uh the teams that are interested don't have an interest in him doing that either. They just want him for the outfield. So, uh, so we'll see if that comes to fruition. There was more speculation that came out on uh, Thursday. Then there was more speculation on Friday because he's had several Instagram photos where he's in socks gear and he's going to be playing for (laughs) Fernando Tati senior, who obviously has a relationship already with the white Sox because both of his sons are, uh, have been signed by the white sox so um so yeah so that that's all roads lead to that happening so that 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 should be uh an interesting uh thing but I want to get to something real quick I'm going to try to do this quickly and I don't know if you saw this on Twitter but um I don't know if this falls under bad tweets misinformed tweets whatever but there was an uproar wherein someone discovered and i I, I I'm going to tell you, I've been a season ticket holder. I've been going to White Sox games since uh, since I was five. I did not know that there was a long-term a worker there named Loretta who had one of these areas named after her in the 100 section called Loretta's Lounge.
1: Yeah, just a small seating area off the side of the concourse.
0: Next to, to-, so. next to a toilet well,
1: it's just a nice nice place to sit down for a second. I think it used to probably be like a place for like a smoking section when they could still do that in an area in the stadium. But I, yeah, I saw, I saw this too.
0: Yeah, and uh, there was always a La Russa's Lounge that existed, uh, same type of section it, is, it, it existed on the 300 level.
1: Um, mm, I didn't realize that.
0: Upstairs. So in 2020, when the park was closed, um, they took down Loretta's lounge and relocated Larusa's lounge along with some other things in the park. Um, this this discovery, because um, I'll be honest, I've walked by that thing probably a hundred times and had no idea who Loretta was
1: yeah, or why
0: she had a lounge named after her. So people who knew, which I don't think it's like every White Sox fan, like this is being blown up to be, Made a big uproar, we're going to sign a petition, you need to change it back. And a lot of it has to do with yeah. just the pure hatred for Tony LaRusso as a White that's, Sox manager.
1: Yeah, that's probably most of it. But
0: if it was named Len Casper's Lounge, no one would fucking care. Um, so I, I did, I, the White Sox immediately answered this and said, Yeah, we took down Loretta's Lounge, but we have a memorial. This is what's not covered anywhere except in a score article. They put up a memorial plaque explaining her dedication to the White Sox over the years, which to me is a lot better than... loretta's lounge some
1: generic sign that looks like all the other signs you know there's it's just using a normal font a normal shape there's i don't know how many of these areas are throughout the stadium but there's nothing it's very nondescript like you said right. you could ignore it if you've even if you've been there every day of your life you might not even see that sign but to do a memorial plaque i hadn't heard this part of it but to do a memorial plaque would be far more meaningful to explain what the fuck loretta's right. influence is in the community and with the with the socks. So.
0: Yeah. And like even John Heyman jumped on the, was it John or yeah, I think it was John Heyman jumped on the train and I just, I replied to him. I'm like, does anyone on this thread even realize that there's a memorial plaque up actually explaining what she did for the White Sox and her service and dedication as a fan? no Mm. so like it's a non it's a non-story guys well that
1: that's just it's an easy thing to see on social media and saying get and get fake outraged about with you know without knowing the full story that's uh i didn't and i didn't even know the the full story behind that so maybe we make need to make it our crusade to get loretta more more pub and and you know, kind of get the socks off the hook if they if they're not really the I am going the evil to, empire that the the yeah. social media is making them out to be for I'm, changing this innocuous sign.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go take a picture of the plaque today, I think, and we can post it. Oh, um, that
1: that that should be your your mission today. You've got you've yeah. got some time. You'll be there for 14 innings. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, more more investigative journalism by people <laughs> inside the stadium. Um, so I, I will, I will, I will. I have to make a funny about this though too. I mean. I'm thinking, you know, maybe with La Russa's though, history with DUIs, maybe it might be better to rechange it from la russa's lounge to maybe la russa's landing or something yeah the lounge the, the lounge sounds like where him and mercedes are going to go for the punishment and and then he Get dri- fucked up uh, and drive home yeah so maybe la russa's lounge is a little insensitive by the white Sox too i mean yeah i want to rename that but
1: there's a lot of things that weren't totally uh, thought out about I, this
0: but i'm just saying you might want to rename it Uh, And just one final note on that, due to the uproar by her family also, which, again, there's a plaque up, but whatever, they are reproducing the Plexi sign and sending it to them as a memorandum. So, anyway, I... I think this should be now put away forever, outside of me taking a picture of the plaque. No, we're
1: we're blowing this up. Yeah, we, <laughs> need, we need to we need to do more about this this week. So yes, I mean, take that picture. I'll, I'll I'll fancy fucking, it up. We'll do a whole segment.
0: Can't believe this even ended up on here. Um, all right, so that's it for the White Sox. Unless you have anything uh, you wanted to add. No, I think the one of the
1: more national stories that happened during the White Sox week, uh, was the momentous milestone for an umpire both you and I and Uh, most of America hates, uh, Country Joe West. Yeah, I I think we might as well just go ahead and make him for his lifetime achievement (laughs) in assholery. We're gonna we're gonna take the spotlight and shine it on on him in the negative light that we like to do and make him asshole of the week. What is your problem? You insensitive asshole! Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. Who the fuck is this asshole?
0: Am I wrong? You're not wrong, Walter. You're just an asshole. Okay then.
1: I I was not watching most of the Sox series, so you were probably exposed to a lot more of the ceremony, and there was a lot, it seemed like, where one night he tied the Major League record for umpiring uh, 5,200 and some games, whatever it was, tied the record one night and got all the accolades, and then he broke the record the next night and got more accolades. Um, um, so I, I don't know if you wanted to describe your, yeah, your experience mean, watching well, that
0: shit. Well, one, it was so important that when he broke the record that the San Diego chicken showed up. So um, <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it really meant. I mean, they brought in the big dog, the big dog of entertainment. So um, wow. Yeah. Out of retirement. Yeah. yeah the the yeah. chicken
1: has been gone for quite some time. Yeah. A relic so the, of the past.
0: Yeah. And I think it was the same suit because it did not look. Uh, <laughs> yeesh. Yikes. Me, yeah. It, yeah. It was a little. Uh, even Benetti made a comment. He's like, I think that's the original suit. I don't know if I'd want to be in that thing. Um, so, um, the chicken was there. Um, they did a little thing on the screen, like, a a, a, a congratulations Joe West to where the entire stadium booed the entire time. Nice. They were playing it. So that's good. That's- White Sox, That's the proper reception. Yes, White Sox fans don't forget. Um, as Ozzy said about Joe West, um, well, the umpire association is able to still pay their umpires thanks to me because of the amount of times him and Joe West went at it <laughs> over the years and the fines he received. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was. You know, it wasn't anything as weird as like Nelson Cruz taking that selfie with him in the freaking All Star Game that time. Like, oh, I forgot
1: about that. That was
0: that just made me. I was, I be, I wanted to throw cringeworthy. Up. Yeah, that was cringeworthy. Um, so they did that. He did the game, and then there was like a moment where the chicken came out to give him flowers as like a joke, and that was kind of it. And and uh, he was pretty quiet the series. His um. You know, I don't know if you remember this, but I do remember this uh twenty twenty game and I remember talking about it on the podcast, and he literally called one of the most flawless plate games uh I had ever seen in regards to pitch cast. Like yeah. he was dead on. This game, eh, there's a little there's there were some there were some you know, there was some glavin calls on the outside plate from the night was that ninety five World Series or whatever where or I don't remember whatever it was where the Indians didn't have a chance to win because the 3-inch strikes on the outside corner yeah. no one's going to swing at. Um so there were there were a couple of questionable calls behind the plate nothing like nothing enough to like make you like uh earlier in the series uh Bellino was dead. What do you think funky Dan Bellino? Yeah, funky Dan Bellino was atrocious. Um Yeah. It was so bad that Yon Mankata, who I've never seen argue a ball or strike call. Doesn't mean it hasn't happened, but I I've watched just about every Sox game. I have never seen him argue about he argued a ball and strike wow. call. He was so pissed. So um, but back to Joe West. So he 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 was moving along quietly, and then you get to the the day game on Thursday, where he did what has been asked for him asked of him there was an illegal substance on the hat of, uh, the Cardinals pitcher and he called it out. And the Cardinals manager, what's his name? Schlitt? Mike Schilt Schilt got, uh, ejected for arguing. Um, uh, he Joe was White. really upset
1: that his pitcher had to remove his hat and yes. replace it with a clean hat. Yeah. But that, that's a whole, that's a whole nother subject we might want to get into with some with shit you couldn't make up later. But, um, for Joe West though, I like you said, he's had he, I think he is recognized as one of the best ball strike callers throughout his career and he might be might be one of the best. Um my problem is with isn't with his competence in his job. I think he's probably a fine umpire. You know, it's a thankless job that whether you know he could be perfect, you know 99.9% of the time and you're gonna blow him up for the one the one miss strike call or whatever and that's just the nature of nature of his job but my problem is with how joe West's ego has put him he tries to put himself above the game and he feels like he is more important than anyone out there he's more important than any of the stars being paid millions of dollars he's more important uh his ego is more important than what the fans are there to see um his his ego is what makes him <laughs> the quintessential asshole of the week. Uh, like I said, a, a lifetime achievement award. Um, I just, it, I I really feel there's a few things with this, this milestone. Um, I feel like if he was really good at his job and didn't interject his own ego into things, we wouldn't know his name. Uh, the best umpire in the world is someone you've never heard of probably exactly. because you don't have to talk about him because he just does his job and that's it. We get to watch the players do what they do and the, the game the game goes on. But that is the opposite of the case with Joe West. And the other part of this milestone is he just went to work. This is kind of reminiscent of the Cal Ripken uh Iron Man record breaking Lou Gehrig's streak of consecutive games. We're celebrating Joe West this week for going to work more days than anyone else has as a, as a major league umpire and uh, okay, that that's fine. Whatever. I mean, he, he's, he's umped 5,000 games. Do you know, do you know what the number is? I, I miss. Uh, I, I think it's 5,000 something.
0: Yeah, I don't know what the number is, but I, I well, I, I can tell
1: you is we're, we're you and I have been in the workforce for 20, 25 years now. You and I have gone to our jobs probably 6,500 6, times, you know, it, it, right. it's like it's not that big a deal. Uh, who gives a fuck? So I just I hate Joe West is what it comes down to. I, I, I think he's probably good at his job, but his ego is what pisses yeah. me off. And this kind of celebration is exactly what he has always wanted. He wants all the accolades. You could see his disgustingly jowled face smiling his fucking face off during this whole thing, you know, that you can see pictures of umpires clapping behind him and he's just beaming with, with all the attention. It just, it just turns yeah. my stomach. Like, and again, I think the best umpire in the world is somebody you've never heard of cause he just does his fucking job and shuts the fuck up. So.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, ESPN, uh, did a montage where I saw something that I thought was, Easily just put the slam dunk on him being asshole of the week. And I believe it was uh, Raul Mondesi was coming to the plate to pinch hit. And Joe West felt that he was taking too much time. So he went ahead, motioned to the pitcher, had him throw a pitch before Mondesi even made it to the box that was a ball and called it a strike. Oh, now, God. if that is not an asshole move yeah. of being putting yourself and you know, whatever, you got a dinner reservation, you got to make mm-hmm. whatever, whatever you have to do that. He
1: doesn't miss many that, dinners. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly. That you have to rush this guy to the plate or you've, you've come to the conclusion that he's taking too much time for your schedule. Like that's it's ridiculous. And it's ridiculous that, that an ump actually does have that, that power to that degree. I understand if, if the game as a whole is dragging or whatever, but let the guy get his warmups in and make yeah. it to the plate, you know, that's just I mean,
1: him asserting his supposed dominance over. Yeah. The one on I feel that, that's just flexing,
0: flexing stupid muscles. So, yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, there, this is a no doubter, like outside of all the other shit he's done, but like, you know, whatever.
1: Well, I just thought it was a perfect, we have this small, perfect platform to, to, take some limelight off the piece of shit that I think Joe West is. And while he's trying to bask in the glow, we might as well take our shots at him. So I thought it was a perfect opportunity to make
0: him asshole of the week. Indeed. Um, giants.
1: Yeah. I think we should transition to your giants as they are leading the asshole standings still. I they, think it's been like three weeks. They've been leading the standings, they Just are keeping, keeping they, above the white Sox
0: by the hair on their chinny chin chin. And yeah, But what a difference a week makes, because uh, we were originally going to do this show on Thursday, and I had written down uh, they were in first when we last talked, and now they're in third. But really, they're in a tie for second with the Dodgers. Um, They lost game one to the Dodgers the other night, but they won last night in extra innings. And one of the most incredible things that happened in that game was – something that's been occurring over the last uh, week or so for the giants is some of their starting pitching. Some of these folks, some of these pitchers, were like, wow, they're really getting incredible seasons out of them. They've faltered. Uh, the bullpens had issues. So uh, they went on a little bit of a losing streak. San Diego pretty much just took care of business, swept up on them. And uh, you know, that's how they ended up in third place towards the middle of last week of uh, this past week. And, um, so then they got to go and double down against the giant, against the Dodgers, and they lose game one to the Dodgers, and you're like, oh shit, man, this is this is not good. So fast forward to last night's game, and this is why we, we're, I'm going to talk about this is uh, again the bullpen costs up a three run lead, the the Dodgers come back to tie it five five. Uh, they bring Pujols, uh, I think he was I, well, I'm not sure if he was pitch hitting, but he was up to bat, and he crushes the ball Mm. and everyone's like, Oh shit, this game's over walk off winner, and a right fielder, uh, touchman for the giants runs up, leaps up over the wall and robs him of the walk off Homer last (laughs) night. Then, then the giants explode for three runs in the top of the 10th and walk away with an eight, five victory. That also included a three run bomb from, None other than Buster Posey in that game, who has now reached double digit homers for the first time since 2017. Um, so uh, it was where things went bad, but the Giants overcame it, which was good to see. And you wonder if that will uh. Uh, alter the outcome of the rest of the series over the next two games i mean i think if they split with the dodgers you take uh, in in dodger stadium Mm, for sure you take that as as a victory so um, well i
1: mean it's a victory that you're fighting for first place at this point with with the dodgers yeah, yeah they have
0: the same record as the dodgers but it looks like the dodgers the uh the sleeping giant of that division, so to speak for, for a few weeks there is, has awoken and they're playing like they should be playing. So again, we'll, we'll, we'll see it's, you know, if the giants can continue to mop up against, um, you know, they, they, they beat up on Arizona pretty badly, uh, before getting to the Dodger series. So, if they can uh, continue to, to mop up on lower-level teams and, and kind of hang with the, uh, the teams at the top of the division, they might they, they have a legitimate shot at the playoffs. I mean, when you look at the—it's way too early to look at this, but if you did look at wild-card standings, you got no no but it's weird because you got three teams coming out of the west uh in the in the in the nl and you got three teams coming out of the east in the al so yeah i mean i mean not i don't think it's necessarily going to end that way but like like if that's the trend then like who the fuck knows so i don't know we got a long way to go but it's fun it's been got a ways to go yeah we got a ways to go but i have to say you know again it's been a fun year i wonder and as we transition to the Cubs, this is the looming question for all Cubs fans out there. I mean, the Giants, the Cubs, what do you do at the trade deadline?
1: <laughs> well, the Cubs are making that a little more difficult than I than I thought they were going to make it at one point. we Last week we were talking about how pivotal the the Cardinals series last weekend would be, would be uh, if they were able to sweep by some miracle or were swept, that might lead some... Uh, lead lead down a certain path. Whether the Cubs are going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline in two months, but uh, they did not. Neither was a sweep. Uh, the Cubs won the series though in in St. Louis, which was kind of surprising, especially the way they won Game One. They just beat the fuck out of them, twelve to three. It was not. It was a laugher. Uh, Cubs did lose Game Two, uh, two to one, but it was it was a masterful performance by. Uh, rookie Edbert Elzali, who we talked about quite a bit he's he's been really fucking good for a young pitcher um one one thing I do want to point out in that game that actually how they Cubs lost that game was a solo shot by one Yadier Molina uh, I believe in the seventh inning and you would have thought I I haven't watched many games in in St. Louis in a while and they have uh like 40% capacity now but You would have thought they just won game seven of the world series when he hit that shot in the seventh inning in, in mid may against a rookie pitcher. Um, crowd went crazy. They demanded a curtain call.
0: Oh, wow. He eventually came out. I didn't, I didn't think, wow, there was a curtain call in that too. Huh? It
1: was possibly the saddest curtain call in sports history. Um, it just made, it made no sense to me. Um, you know congratulations you just hit a, a solo shot that put you up two to one it's not like you guys are dominating your arch rivals they did end up winning the game which pisses me off of course but so you could say the Cardinals had the last laugh that day at least but it was just it was just it, it sounded it just seems so pathetic to me that right. they're giving him a curtain call and it's like like I said I don't watch many Cardinals games but are they also give him a curtain call for when he frames a pitch nicely it was it's like oh we got to call third strike thank you thank you thank you it was just it was just ridiculous and it just it just made me think about you know how the the cardinals fans have this bizarre reputation as being the best fans in baseball and i'm putting my fingers up in quote marks if you're listening to the podcast and not watching the video um Never really understood how one fan base could be quantifiably better than all others. Um <laughs> somehow that oh
0: man, they travel well, dude. They travel. Yeah. Well.
1: That somehow that moniker has gotten with the, the Cardinals. And and I could see on social media after that curtain call, they were all patting themselves on the back for being tuned in fans. And you know, we're we're better than everyone else uh, because we, yeah. we give our, blah, our blah, elderly blah. catchers blah, 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 who blah. hit Fairly meaningless home runs, uh, a curtain call, but it ju- it just made me think about the the um one of the best Twitter follows at least for Cubs fans. Uh, it's literally called Baseball's Best Fans, and it is uh, I'm I'm guessing it's a Cubs fan. Uh, he doesn't actually tweet out anything other than retweeting the dumb the dumb things Cardinals fans tweet out. Dumb slash racist things that cardinals fans tweet out repeatedly um his favorite target is when somebody asks a cardinals fan and this happens all the time and it's got the same reaction every time it's perfect it's always somebody praising yadier molina and someone will ask that person well would you trade yadier for mike trout and no immediately, no chance. You cannot trade Yadier Molina for anything, certainly not Mike Trout. You know, it just oh and they my go my God. They go through the litany of reasons, you know, his leadership and everything else on the field. It's just from any other perspective, it's the most absurd argument you could you could make, but every BFIB comes to, comes to their defense saying that Molina should, could never be traded for anything. And just the absurdity of not, not wanting to make your team better if if you had the opportunity to get Mike Trout, um, just makes me laugh every time. So I don't know, all that kind of came to mind when, when he got his curtain call on Saturday night. Fortunately the Cubs did win 2-1 on Sunday on dramatic walk-off fashion and took the series. So that was that was awesome that they they were able to beat St. Louis in St. Louis. Um it you know I, I think last week I said, you know, well if it's going to totally change my perspective if the Cubs are able to sweep. Um because they've been basically hovering around 500 all year and it's just like you know, this is, this is what they are. There's just a 500 team that needs to, they need to sell is is what they need to do with so many free agents to be um, the, you know, the string is kind of running, running, has run its course. It, it, it's still, you know, the comes that went six and one this week, that yeah. that one loss to the Cardinals is, is their only blemish since we last spoke. So they're making it more and more difficult to put, to say that they need to trade at the trade deadline. So they're 28 and 22, six games over 500. Now Um, they are almost in first place. Uh, I believe it's just a half game behind the Cardinals. Still. Uh, I think the Cardinals won late last night in Arizona. They did. So I don't know. I mean, this is great. I'm glad they're making it, making it difficult. Um, It's making Jed Hoyer's life extremely complicated, but Hey, it's fun watching them win. It makes it that much more. If, if it does come down to it where they, they do have to trade, you could say, or they, or Jed Hoyer decides to trade, you know, they could, they're not trading from a position of weakness necessarily. If, if they're, you know, if, if they were six games out of it or six games below 500, you know, everyone would know, well, they're dumping everything they can at this point where they might be able to leverage this, this, if they do actually sell that, you know, that they're a decent team, they don't have to sell and they might be able to, to leverage that into a better haul at the trade line, deadline, which is what this is all about. Of course, I want the Cubs to win. You know, of course, I don't want them to trade. But if if they've gotten gotten to this point where they're not going to contend for world championships, you got to look. You got to look to to rebuild. You've got to look to maximize the assets you do have right now. Um, and move those for as much as much collateral as you can and so i'm looking for any angle that gives gives the the cubs potential to to be better both now and in the future so uh i think the the main thing that we need to talk about this week with the cubs and has been talked about nationally about the cubs happened uh, was this thursday uh, or wednesday
0: yeah uh, thursday uh,
1: yeah uh with one of the craziest plays you will ever see, you know, there's the, the old cliche, you go to a baseball game, you're going to see something you've never seen before. And I think that's, that's overstated by far. Um, not, uh, not in,
0: but on that day, In this this afternoon in Pittsburgh, it was something you've never seen before.
1: Yeah. In this case, undoubtedly, no one has ever seen what the fuck happened on the field in that (laughs) involving Javi Baez and not quite making it to first base on a ground out to third. Um, With two outs. Yeah. Two outs, runner on second, uh, uh, Contreras. Um, I, I'm not going to bother describing I'm, what I'm what I want to talk about is um, our experiences with this. And I, I was out for a walk, I had just left for a walk. I was listening on the MLB app to Pat and Ron try to describe this play. This is why I'm not going to bother describing it because it took the Hall of Fame broadcaster, Pat Hughes, pretty much two and a half innings to try to describe what the fuck happened. <laughs> um, in the moment, I, I kind of gathered what was I I could tell that Contreras had scored somehow and it was an amazing amazing that he was able to do so. But so many things happen in that play. Um most of which I mean they're all caused by a Javi Baez, but most of which is just complete ineptitude by by the Pittsburgh Pirates defense. Um I texted you after maybe five minutes of trying to digest what happened. I texted you uh saying we might need to lead off the show with with el mago and i'm walking and texting at the same time so
0: i didn't wasn't really paying attention your reply was el mago well because i I literally and i i knew you probably thought i was just being a asshole and a dick but i like literally forgot folks i forgot that hobby buys nickname was el mago (laughs) so well this is This is
1: why I brought this up on the podcast because I didn't we haven't talked about this. I was confused, and texting is just a funny medium to communicate in general. It leads to leads to comedy in in my mind a lot. So here's what was going through my head. I'm walking and texting, and I just assumed I had, you know, mistyped it. You didn't even know I was saying trying to say El Mago. And then you repeated El Mago. (laughs) And then I couldn't figure out if you were if you were saying if you're making a like an anchor man joke, like El Mago. You know, I don't speak Spanish, yeah. No, uh, it was literally, then, and then it came up like you had no idea what I was talking about because you forgot his
0: nickname was El Mago, is yeah. That, is that, yeah, that's literally <laughs> it. I, I, so after like a minute or two, I'm like, well, he liked that, so. <laughs> yeah, I, liked it, get, I thought you were
1: correcting me. He doesn't
0: something. get that I don't know who he's talking about. So then I'm like, I guess I'm supposed to know who El Mago is. So let me type it into the computer, and then I see the play. The play comes up, and I'm like, oh, and that's when I re- I, I came clean to you. I'm just like. Because I do not want you to think I was being just a dick about it. Like, oh, yeah. Well, I but, I
1: never know. It depends yeah. on what mood you're in. You can't yeah. you can't smell sarcasm through a through Yeah, your, that's right. Exactly. Just like, screen, just like so. Tony
0: doesn't. He's not in the mind of a pitcher, whether they're throwing at a player or not. You know, <laughs> he's not he's not there. So I don't you don't know if I'd be. And then I came clean and said, dude, I literally forgot that was by his nickname. So okay, I looked it so. up.
1: I didn't know if I was the asshole for, for no. typing or, or assuming you should know who El Maga was, or if you're I mean, embarrassed that you didn't I, know who he was. I'm a
0: little embarrassed that I forgot that, that was his nickname. <laughs> well, like, that's
1: why I wanted to bring it up on the podcast. Yeah. To get thank that out you there for eternity. Thank but, you.
0: Um, <laughs> you're the best. Don't go changing, buddy. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I wanted to get a little meta on that and our, our own experience. Uh, so I thought that that yeah. was as much fun as trying to describe the play. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess we do have to describe it a little bit, but or at least at least our thoughts about it. The the whole I saw on social media you you uh were in lockstep with somebody who posted Merle, that, Merle you know, Hodge.
0: Is that who it was? Yeah, football um, football uh football analyst uh who's I think made a home in Chicago now. And I think he said it best because he said, you know, Javi Baez is an amazing player, but let's just call this play what it is, which is like the worst Pittsburgh, like one of the worst plays in baseball history, basically. And I think it is going to, after all of, and and I agree, I think you you set it up perfectly. Everything that happened was caused by Baez saying in his head, (laughs) I have nothing to lose here by doing this, right? But it really like I watched, there's no, no way I, I watched, he could have
1: anticipated the, no, the comedy of errors that follow no, there, I, there's no chance
0: i watched nine new baseball games on a regular basis <laughs> i've never seen anything this bad i've <laughs> never seen anything this bad the well, the lamont, i believe the lamont lightning right now can beat the pittsburgh pirates with a few I, a few interesting basic running maneuvers could i wouldn't be into surprised
1: yeah, I mean if the first of all, let's break this down. First of all, ground ball to third, routine ground ball, hard hit. Hard hit. Uh, yeah. Third baseman. I don't recall his name. Uh just threw should should have been an easy throw to first, threw wide of the bag. Um, but the first baseman, shit, is it Mike Craig? Is yeah, that his Mike,
0: name? Will Mike or Will Craig or something Will like that? Will Craig? Yeah. Um I
1: don't know. whoever the fuck he is, he shouldn't be in the majors much longer, but um. So he had to come off the bag to catch it, and he did. And all he had to do was step on the base. And this right. is this is the this is the key part of all of this. All he had to do was step on the base to get it over with. At any point, yeah. this, this will come into play later on. Because um, this this is going to take a half hour to describe, but let's do it. We've got the time. Um, Baez just didn't didn't run all the way to the bag, just like you said, because he doesn't have to. So why not just. See what happens, draw this out. And he kind of I heard somebody describe it as like he had the first baseman like a, like a fish on a line. He mm-hmm. could sort of draw him out, i draw him out to sea or something. He drew him further and further away from first base where he could no longer just step on the bag and create the force out. So eventually within moments, he had to go tag him. And now he just is faster than him. He just kept kept staying a little bit in front of him until he's back to home plate. At, at that point, the, the probably and this is where I think the unsung hero of all this probably the smartest play out of all of this. Is Wilson Contreras came all the way around, just decided he realized how dumb the Pirates were, or something, he could see what was gonna happen, just never stopped, ran, rounded third, and came and slid into home plate underneath, underneath the catcher, as inexplicably the first baseman tried to toss it to the catcher. So that that's, that's mistake number three already on this play. All he has to do is tag Javi out. Where's Hobby going? He can't get out of the baseline. He can't, he's not going to be safe if he stands on home plate. <laughs> like all he, all he has to do, he doesn't have to toss to anybody, just tag him out. It is a force play. Just it's over. Um, and this is the part that I'm not sure even people understand is even if even if when Contreras scores, even if it's 10 minutes, 10 hours, 10 days after he scores, as long as he, Javi Baez is forced out, yes. that run does not count. He could have that, run
0: all the way back down the first baseline and tagged yeah. the base, and that run wouldn't have counted.
1: At any point. At, At any point. And this is, this is, a I think a thing that people don't understand about the force play, which is hilarious. It's it just reminds, And this is kind of stupid and a- antiquated story. Obviously it's a, over a hundred years old, but Cubs fans know about and anyone that's watched Ken Burns baseball remembers the story about Merkel's boner, which is the one of the most famous plays in baseball history, but it's just got the goofy name. And in fact, there is a bar, I believe it's still in Chicago and, in Merkle Merkle's
0: Yeah.
1: Is because of the stupid play by uh Fred Merkel, I think is his name, um, of the New York Giants at the time that cost the Giants the pennant in the favor of the 1907, I think, Chicago Cubs, who ended up winning the World Series that year because he not quite the same thing, but he he failed to complete the force out, or he failed to run to first base to end end the game basically on a walk-off um crowd jumps onto the field after the apparent walk-off but he never made it to first base and whoever it was with the giants came back grabbed the ball throughout through the celebrating throngs of people and stepped on first to create the force out maybe 10 minutes after the play and the umpire saw exactly what was happening and called him out the, the fucking fucking cubs won the game and eventually the world series so it's the same idea. You get a force out. It doesn't matter when the run is scored. So the idea that the first baseman tried to toss it to the catcher to tag out Contreras is unbelievably stupid. The fact that the catcher dropped the ball then and screwed that up is unbelievably stupid. They still have a chance to get Javi Baez out because Javi Baez is still is mesmerized by what is he. he's as amazed as anybody by the play. And, you, and this is where it comes back to. He did not. He did not. He did not design this by any means. He was, he was as surprised as anyone because he's celebrating uh, Contreras scoring by doing his own safe sign. He can't, you know, he's five feet away from the plate, you know, swinging his arms, celebrating that Contreras scored. I don't think he even realized at the second that he still needs to get to first base for that run to count. He does ev- ev- immediately then realize it and start sprinting to first, where no one is covering first, which is the second baseman's fault for not covering for the first baseman who's come all the way down the line but I guess he's probably the least least culpable culpable in all of this cuz it's such a bizarre thing for the first baseman to do in the first place but so the the catcher then tries to throw to the second baseman covering first and throws wide of that so hobby's not only safe at first base he then can take second base which they fucked up the throw to second base too that went wide that didn't lead to any more bases for hobby but he even you know, Javi getting the second on that play is ridiculous. They got a base hit after that, so Javi even scored. So, out of all of that, they got two fucking runs that are just came out of thin air and literally this the creativity of Baez, but mainly the stupidity of of the Pirates. Just poor execution, poor thought processes, lack of thought. They literally lost their minds. Uh, you could say four different players just completely fucked that up and maybe maybe five or six different errors on that play. You had the official score how you oh, would score I, that play. I, I
0: would have scored it. Um, no, and it would have been fielder's choice. Yeah, and two throwing errors.
1: I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't remember know, if that's how it was actually you scored, could but
0: maybe say three throwing errors, but I think you could the only say, the whole plate, but I would say two, the first and second, but
1: I think um, the errors have to account for how many bases are gained in the play. So I think yeah. there could only be a maximum of two bases on that. Yeah, so so. I, think, I think you've probably got it right. Feelers choice with, with two errors, but Oh my God, what is that? It's a five, three, two, four. Uh, and then back the, to probably to, the shortstop. Was, yeah, yeah, I think it was the
0: shortstop covering. And second. then the third
1: baseman ended up with the ball finally. Yeah. So, holy fuck! So yeah, I I said we weren't going to describe the play. I just spent ten minutes describing yeah. it. But
0: I mean, <laughs> I mean, the it's it really is like the first baseman forgot all the fundamentals of that. Craig forgot all the fundamentals of baseball. Yeah. Now now. I, I do, have, I do have, it, I have it up and frozen on my screen because when he does receive the ball and gets pulled off the bag, he's close to the edge of the grass at that point. So why he doesn't realize the position on the field that it's two outs and it's a force out at the plate, I mean, the minute Javi... First runs, out of first. Yeah, I'm sorry, excuse me. Yeah, first out of, uh, on the base. That should uh, be
1: fundamental of any first baseman. Yes, should understand so that, all but. he
0: has to do is, the minute Javi starts running the opposite way, it almost is, chuckle right back it's a chuckle worthy moment for the first baseman where you just run back and tag the base and be like what the fuck are you doing right
1: and that's that's the that's the brilliance of javi just luring him out but it, it is the stupidity at the same that, time so so
0: so that's 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 my first comment on the play right that's that's problem one problem yeah. two is when you watch the video and you watch Wilson Contreras takes off like a bat out of hell, but then I think the third base coach sees what's about to happen, meaning a force out at first, right? So he tells him to hesitate because Contreras pulls up a little. He starts to slow down because I've watched this mm. like, like fucking 10 times, right? He starts to slow down because... When when Contreras actually crosses the plate, as I've watched the play multiple times, because it's a 30, it's like a 39-second video, right? <laughs> but Contreras doesn't really cross the plate until like 20 seconds or more into the video, which means he wasn't really sure what to do at first. They yeah. weren't sure. The the third base coach is probably like, what the hell's going on here? Wait, we got a chance to steal a run. Go, go, go. Problem number three is now that this idiot at first Craig is is deciding to get Javi in a rundown, all he has to do is run full speed at him, and then the run still doesn't score because he can tag him in plenty of time because Javi can go nowhere. Right, exactly. Javi has nowhere to go. Where's he gonna go? If he touches home plate, he's out. It's a dead ball. He's out. If his is his, his foot touches home plate, he's out.
1: If okay, he, is that the rule? I didn't yes. realize that was even the rule. But here's
0: another rule, which is why I asked if the 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 um the coach came out because when Javi is standing in front of the plate calling him safe, he's out of the baseline at that point.
1: Okay, there I'm gonna disagree with you on that one because he's he's maybe a foot out of the baseline. Um and I know I know what you're talking about, where he's still kind of in the home plate diamond. Yeah, that, he's uh, not in the baseline out.
0: at that point, which you can't well, be outside of the baseline when you retreat to home
1: you can be three feet away from the baseline is what the rule states. So he's, he's within three feet. So, okay. So, okay. So, okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. So then he's, he's safe. And that's,
1: and that's before the, this other rule we talked about last week where there's that box you have to run in on, in foul territory. Yeah. Um, That's in, that's halfway up the line. So that's, that's a separate rule that, that could be confusing too. But, um, we could debate no 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 i don't i don't think i don't
0: think he was three feet away from the line so okay Okay. i i i I, I strike that from the record so yeah so uh, i digress on that comment so okay i didn't realize it was three feet so so he's not three feet so he's safe he's still he's still in play at that point then he's like but it does
1: point out that he's celebrating right there that he's not fully aware of what yeah he's not even really what
0: he's creating he's just like I got nothing to lose by doing this.
1: Exactly. Just see what happens. He, he's he's not he's not masterminding this whole thing. He's not he, it's not yeah. playing out no. in his mind before it actually happens. He's no, because to it too. I think
0: if it was playing out in his mind, he probably doesn't do it because there are a few moments here where players are at injury risk on this play, which you never think about when you're in the middle of a game. You don't think about getting injured, so you can't blame anyone for that. And oh, I no, no, not, no. but but. You had four players converging into a small area of home yeah. plate where easily, in an awkward situation that no one's
1: seen before. Yeah,
0: that they all someone could have got stepped on, run into. Then Javi, as we all hate, slides head first
1: into mm. first
0: base. Yeah. As the second baseman point. is running to cover the bag. There is a moment there where. I know if i was watching it live as a cubs fan i would have been crapping my pants because you got a guy running towards the base (laughs) which is the perfect way your hand gets stepped on and maybe broken
1: yeah that's so, that's a good point. I didn't even so, think about that. It so, didn't cross so the, my mind so at the, the time. So that
0: happens, and then and then the and then he gets into, and then he has to slide in the second again. But he does a uh, he doesn't. I don't think he did a head first into second. Yeah, but remember. who knows? But so. But, anyway, but there's so much that like you're just like on that play, like oh thank God no one got injured at in the <laughs> yeah. end of the at the end to steal like one run at the time from the terrible pirates, which. You probably don't. What was the final five three? Yeah, you probably. Yeah, they won by it. two runs. Yeah, two of those runs scored on that. In yeah, that so you sequence, you, you so. didn't need it. You didn't need it. So it wasn't important part of the game. But yeah, but I think I think like again, yes, this whole thing was was just by Javi saying I got nothing to lose by running yep.
1: backwards. Let's see what happens. Roll and the dice. He, and
0: much to his probably disbelief, is like I can't believe this guy's <laughs> following me down the line.
1: Well, all it? those things had to happen for that to work out perfectly. Yeah. Contreras had to keep running. Uh, you know, the, the, the first baseman had to be stupid. The first, he had to come off the base, not tag it. He had to throw the ball. The catcher had to drop it. He had, the catcher had to miss throwing it back to first. Like all those things had to play out just perfectly for it to work. It's just, just amazing. I guess I wanted to bring, I wanted to, when I saw your tweet before we talked about, or your reply to Merrill Hodges tweet, um, I thought you were going to come at it at the angle and this is where I was. I think I replied with a, some kind of meme or, and what's your point? You know, that the, that the, it was more that it was a terrible defensive play than, than hobby's genius. I, I, I totally agree with that, but I think Cubs fans, myself and Cubs fans may bristle at that. Just saying, well, you can't detract from, you know, how, how, what an interesting and (laughs) just a different kind of base runner that hobby is. Um, and I don't think that, and now talking this through, I don't think that was your point. I think of, of the, you're giving him credit, but you know, the main thing is that, is how dumb the Pirates were. <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, I mean, it's, it's knowing your opponent and I yeah. think he knew, yeah. he, I mean, you guys play the Pirates a lot, you know, they're, I mean, honestly, I don't who's the manager of the Pirates right now.
1: Oh, who Do you, you know, but like, seriously, not Jim like the, know that. the, the,
0: if, if, or Clint Hurdle, but if Clint Hurdle, yeah, if it was Clint Hurdle, uh, he probably would have been by us for running backwards. Yeah. Somebody uh, would be in the, the hospital. Yeah. Now. But, um, seriously, like, like there's probably part like that guy, the manager, I I mean, this is almost a play where you kind of deserve to lose your job on that. The team well, is not fundamentally sound enough to, to I didn't do that simple of a play
1: well and could could the manager have just challenged any part of that play like, I would have challenged, I didn't see that there was a challenge no, I mean and
0: I, I think there's like I, I I said this to Robin I think it came down to I would have personally just taken a a, a hack at him being out of the baseline challenge and then the run would have been voided sure. and the inning would have been over. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why, the, not the, take the chance? why not just
1: take like, the chance? Just like Baez, not making it all the way the first. Why yeah. not just try this? You know you're going to be out. Why not try something?
0: So I think they just wanted to literally move on from what just occurred on the field. <laughs> yeah. Can because, we not never talk about this again? Let's add more embarrassment. I go out and challenge a play and lose the challenge on top yeah. of of the what will probably be yeah. the worst play by a team in 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 2021 so maybe
1: he didn't want to compound the already yeah. compounded errors multiple exactly errors by that, making another all, one that's all i can take away of. Or, his final or, or, challenge or he
0: was like he was like hey he no way i would get it because he wasn't he didn't look like he was three feet from the baseline so well
1: you know. i just wanted to make sure uh Hobby did get his credit, um, which he is. I think the vast majority of people are giving oh, him maybe I, too much credit. No, and I think, not, I think not enough little, blame on that.
0: Yeah, yeah That's what well, that's- like I heard
1: I mean Buster only, the the baseball tonight ESPN podcast I listened to and, and mentioned many times on this. He he was actually totally on your side. He and he had somebody I forget who it was who he was talking to. They were both giving zero credit to to Javi Baez for it, which I thought was kind of extreme and kind of surprising. Um, and they were just destroying the Pirates, rightfully so. But I, I just would say, and and we've already brought up, like Javi was the catalyst for this. He wasn't necessarily the architect. No, I <laughs> um, mean
0: you can't. You but can't.
1: he he created he created doubt in the minds and confusion in the minds of the Pirates. And this is not an isolated incident. We we've seen. Javi's body of work where he it feels like he plays the game in a different way you know whether you you could argue if he sees the game uh unfolding more clearly than others do or his opponents do we could make that argument but you've seen it multiple times where things that he's got the nickname el mago which you weren't aware of at the moment um Uh, he's got that nickname because crazy yeah you'll never forget now um crazy shit happens when when he's on the field and the, the, one example I wanted to point out just happened a couple, couple weeks ago, I believe it was against the Mets. Um, where admittedly Javi made a boneheaded play where there was, he was on first and uh, there was a ball in the dirt and he got caught off the base. Uh, the, the ball did not bounce very far from the catcher and the catcher picked up the ball and Javi was going to be thrown out whether he went to first or second, went back to first or tr- continued on to second. So the catcher grabs the ball. Javi literally just stops directly halfway between first and second base. And I've never seen this before. He doesn't panic and dive back, you know, try to scramble back to first, which he would have been out by a mile. He had no chance to get all the way to second. He stopped halfway in between and just turned and stared at the catcher and waited for the catcher to make a move and i've never seen a base runner do that you'd think anytime a base runner's halfway between and no he's totally fucked would just you know not necessarily panic but just try to get to any base that is now how he did he turned the turned the tables of the play on to put all the pressure on the catcher to make a decision and i wish i remember who the catcher was i'm almost positive it was the mets but
0: gary carter
1: yeah, um, <laughs> well, it could have been Mike James Jackson. McCann. It could have been the McCannon. Um, the McCannon's too smart for that. Well, I don't know. I don't the, know. I, not, not that he's dumb, but um, <laughs> all he had to do, and this is such a weird thing, because that, and that's that's what is another example of where bias is creating situations that defenders aren't used to seeing. When a base runner just stops and calmly stares at you, all all the catcher had to do was would be just run you know walk straight towards Javi which, and make which, Javi make a decision which i've seen f-
0: i've seen that happen before where well the that, guy that's a fundamental
1: trapping, play right. on a pick yeah on a, on a pickle where you're throwing back and forth you just run at the runner but this is kind of a weird thing where he's halfway between the bases and you know long ways away from the catcher who's still near home plate so he just waits for him and eventually the catcher throws the second base at which point Javi just said okay thanks and just runs back to second or runs back to first easily and easily safe so you know he didn't gain a base on that. He he made a, made a boneheaded play by you know trying to get trying to get a second you know gets a second on a play he had no business trying to. But he solved it in the in the middle of the play and really outthought the catcher at that moment. All the catcher had to do was run straight at him and just tag him out or make Javi make a decision to go to yeah. one base or the other. He made the catcher make the decision and the catcher didn't have to. Yet he did. So. That was just two, maybe three weeks ago at Mo. So that's that that popped in my head immediately when you saw it. So Javi doesn't necessarily design all this shit in his head. He just creates chaos when he's out there and he and he hopes to capitalize that. And so many times he, he does. So that, that's where I want Javi to get the credit, but like like you said like like the conclusion should be and we've said over and over the pirates are just fucking dumb and if joe west wasn't such an asshole i think we could easily make the the entire pittsburgh defense asshole the, of the
0: infield week the entire pittsburgh infield <laughs> yeah. is asshole of the week if joe west rise to the occasion again yeah.
1: <laughs> we didn't have joe west joe west jowled shadow overshadowing all of this but Uh, I'm gonna call an audible here. I gotta take a piss. So, oh, all right, so a break. Let's we're we're an hour into this podcast already, and we've got a ways to go. So, let's go ahead and And take a break.
0: Ballpark. So let's, uh, you know, yeah, let's let's
1: move this on. Yeah, (laughs) we'll take a break here on the Wordhole Media Network. Wordhole Media.
0: hey everybody how you doing out there this is pete from major league a holds the show and are you enjoying our podcast well if you are why don't you show us some love and support us and get something in return at our new aesthetic shop do you like to annoy your inner town rivals then white Sox fans why don't you buy a rizzo suck shirt or you fucking A's fans, uh, get a posy suck shirt from our Ass Face of the Franchise collection. You wanna celebrate the legends of baseball? We got the hammer, the bird, the wizard. Oh, the great Catfish Hunter, as the great Hawk Carrollson used to say. He loved catfish. That's from our badass collection. Or do you wanna just support your area? So you got the Northside, Southside, Motor City, and Bay Area collections. Again, all of this is available at aesthetics.shop. The official shit of Major League A-Holes. WordHole Media.
1: All right, we are back uh, on the WordHole Media Network. Uh, this is going to be maybe a record for our longest podcast ever, and Pete needs to go to a fucking baseball game. so We, we need, need to, to go to two baseball, baseball games. Two baseball games, so let's get this going. I, get, I need to talk about my fucking A's. I mean, it's the kind of guy walks into a room. His dick has already been there for two minutes. Today, I'm the greatest of all time. Thank you.
0: Holy Toledo!
1: I'm just saying. Girlfriend is a six at bell. Fucking A. A's are still in first place. They're maintaining their, I think, a one and a half game lead over the Houston Astros. Emphasis on the ass. Um, I do want to point out Thursday night, I believe. Uh Chris Bassett is continuing his breakout season. Uh, it's also fueling my fantasy baseball team. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, the team that not only has like a a point point and a half lead on me yeah okay
1: right. uh you dropped back a little bit further last night i don't know if you saw that but you're I'm in sorry, fourth place now
0: it, yeah and you have 49 and a i'm sorry two-point lead 49 and a half to 47 and a half okay so. we don't
1: have time for this well
0: but. i'm just letting you know mr <laughs> boaster who has to send me screen captures I can't wait to send you the screen capture on Sunday where I've surpassed you. So
1: uh, I love your prediction. Well, why face. Sunday? Why not? Why not today? Why
0: well, you I don't know. Me? Right, I'm, just right. of, I'm being I'm a realist here, Smitty. Well,
1: realist is Chris Bassett, <laughs> who uh, is unbeaten in his last nine starts. Um, he's uh, won the game, out complete game shutout on uh, two hits on Thursday, uh, seven strikeouts, I believe the coolest the reason i'm bringing this up mainly is because in his post-game interview uh he had a golden trident next to him he was holding a gold a fucking full-size golden trident during his during his triumphant uh post-game interview which just looked so damn cool i i didn't i didn't know anything about this but apparently the the a's have started giving that to their player of the game uh the golden trident um I guess it's capitalizing on their their new slogan this year, which is "ride the wave." And I'm not sure if that's a that's an A's marketing department concoction or a reaction to getting rid of their old slogan, which was "rooted in Oakland." Uh, they may have had to abandon that as rumors that they are m- moving to Las Vegas or possibly Portland. Now that's coming out. Uh,
0: yeah, the really full the full slogan is "ride the wave out of town." Yeah, get the fuck out.
1: <laughs> so somehow a trident ties into a ride the wave, but it's just it, the 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 visual is incredible. Just Chris Bassett there with a, with a mighty golden trident it was it was pretty damn cool. So uh, more in, interesting things uh, are happening in that in that game, uh, or actually before that game, as his his pitching adversary was supposed to be Shohei Otani for the Angels, but. Shohei Otani got in a traffic jam and did not arrive to the Oakland Coliseum uh, soon enough uh, t- to make his start, which is something you never hear of. Uh, apparently, there is a uh, accident on the Bay Bridge. Yep. I'm guessing Shohei Otani flew into SFO, into San Francisco, and was driving. It's not It's not easy to get from San Francisco into Oakland, there's just a few bridges to get over the main one is the Bay bridge. And apparently there was an accident blocking that. So he got stuck in that, um, you know, if it was anywhere else, you could just reroute and go, go find another way to get to, get to Oakland Coliseum. Uh, so I'm, I'm not sure that, that, you know, Otani did anything wrong necessarily. It's just a bizarre thing. It, it did point out in my mind that, um, uh, if the, if the A's did have a new stadium on the waterfront, he could have possibly taken a boat to get there instead of being stuck on a bridge. So, you know, they, they that's another reason they need to get that new stadium built on the waterfront not. So they're not landlocked in, in the Oakland Coliseum parking lot. Um, Show people can arrive by boat if they need to. So that, that would have saved Shohei, but you said, you were mentioning something you wanted to talk about with Shohei
0: oh yeah last so in the game last night uh in the third inning he threw and I he he motioned and I I, I don't think there was any intent behind this yeah it's, I did see this there was yeah, no intent uh he, the ball kind of the fat 93 plus fastball slipped out of his hand and almost got uh Mark Canha in the head which I think all Canada did is have a natural reaction to almost getting hit in the head by the ball. Yeah, I think he
1: was pissed initially, and then yeah,
0: yeah, and he 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 made no motion to go towards Otani at all, and Otani motioned back like like, "Hey, my fault, my bad." Yeah, but but as usual, a big rub for us on this podcast is. People got up, but the teams got off the benches. They the bench-clearing no, brawl. The brawl. They started to
1: in inverted commas.
0: I, and then I would say this was the the least of them all. They barely walked onto the field. I mean, they they sort of meandered, <laughs> they moseyed onto the field. One might say they and got then, halfway onto uh, the field. They couldn't. One, they
1: couldn't have even engaged in a tickle fight if they wanted to. Uh, yes. So. And
0: then they just kind of left. So it was just <laughs> yeah. so stupid, and it was obviously yeah. a. And I. I think the thing about it is, like, you know, there's all these as tempers flare. Well, no tempers really flared. What happened was, is Mark Hanna had a natural reaction to almost getting hit in the face by a, exactly. a, a fastball. That was all that happened, and he knew right. he knew. There's no, there's no bad blood there. There's nothing. You know, yeah, so I haven't I,
1: heard of Shohei being a headhunter. No, or having, no, having issues. No, so no. so was, there might be a little more to that that we don't know about. But I, I think, I think you're you're describing it right. I mean, I think it was an initial uh, natural reaction to get pissed off about almost losing your face to a fastball. Yeah. So um and much to do about nothing. But there might yeah. be more that comes out of this. You never know.
0: Yeah. So we'll see. But like, I just wanted to bring that up because I I saw that this morning. It was like, yeah, like. I was like, whoa. And then I was like, yeah, well, I think, I think it's just a ball slips out sometimes folks. So anyway, well, I'm going to
1: move on to my other team, the Detroit tigers. Um, They're having an eventful week of a, you know, mediocre, terrible season. Um, They're not a bad team. And this is what's frustrating. Now they're actually pretty entertaining to watch. Um, they keep losing really close games. And if, as I've gone on a diatribe before, you know, winning or losing close games isn't a mark of a being a good team if you win them. It's being that you're probably more lucky than good. Good teams beat the fuck out of their opponents. Um, so carrying a badge of honor that you win one run games is silly in my mind. But it does create. You know, losing close games it does create some hope for teams like the Tigers, who have been cellar dwellers for so long. They're, they're not, they're not awful. They're just, they just don't get it done in, the, in crunch time. They're just not a complete team by any means. They, they are getting good starting pitching and really good uh, relief pitching for the most part. They just have no offense. They have no, they have no real, pow, you know, batter that you're scared of in their lineup. Um, Candler uh Jim Candelario might be their best hitter. Uh Robbie Grossman would be right up there too. Uh you know, Miguel Cabrera was their <laughs> was their most feared one of the most feared hitters for the better part of a decade and is no longer so. Although he did uh get his 490th and 491st home runs of his career last weekend in Kansas City, so that prompted me to make the Miggy 500 T-shirt uh available at aesthetics.shop. Um
0: and don't then shop this weekend. We have a 10% off sale, everybody.
1: Yeah, uh yeah, 10% off aesthetics.shop anything, any order you make, uh just type in the 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 code summer21. I think you have to do all caps, but um check that out. Yeah, 10% off all weekend till midnight on Monday. Um, but uh, the Tigers did get a win last evening against the team that the White Sox were not able to. I was, I wanted to give
0: you kudos. You mean you make think you're going to get under my skin with that? But I was happy. (laughs) I I have no love for the Yankees and and an up and coming team. You know, having just been through that, I can appreciate how much of a win. Against the Yankees means, especially with the way Mize performed on the mound yeah. again. he's looking good. And I'm and, glad you
1: brought up Mize. Because... I mean,
0: I mean, I was like, they accomplished something that the AL Central champ, the possible AL Central champs, could not. So yeah, there you go. Kudos to you guys? Yeah,
1: the I'm glad you brought up Mize because he was on a f- five consecutive quality start streak that ended It actually ended last night he only went five innings but it was yeah. five innings of one-run ball
0: with seven he strikeouts played, right
1: seven strikeouts he he went toe-to-toe with garrett cole of all of all people uh garrett cole outlasted him but um they both gave up one run and it's funny they almost looked the same my mom was pointing out we were watching the game Together, she pointed out they have the exact same haircut. So she didn't, they all, then the teams almost have the same uniform. So yeah, she was true. having a hard time figuring yeah. out who it was, But, um, but yeah, it was kind of startling the similarities between Garrett Cole and Casey Mize last night, which is another great sign. Um, I mentioned last week how Mize is rounding into form of uh number one overall pick that you want to see and to go head to head with Garrett Cole and eventually come out on top with what was a walk off. Uh, home run in the 10th inning by Robbie Grossman. Um, essentially the, the Tigers had lots of chances that they blew in a one, one game. They should have won in the eighth inning, but uh great play by DJ Lynn Mayhew at first base snagging up, what should have been a double or a triple by Jamer Candelario. That would have been a, the go ahead run. Um, basically I, I was giving no hope to the Tigers who are offensively challenged, as I mentioned, but you, know, you get you get that runner on in extra innings, which I'm I'm a proponent of. I I'm firm firmly into breaking breaking baseball tradition and getting the, having that runner on second base in the tenth inning. In, in years past, you get to the tenth in a one run, you know, one to one game where not much has happened, you just be like good God, how long is this game going to last? These teams can't score.
0: Right. Well, you
1: put that runner on second, and it just changes the di- dynamic immediately. And, of course, you know the Yankees put that run in in the top of the 10th, and you thought the Tigers didn't have a chance. But, you know, the, the Tigers weren't doing a whole lot in that 10th and were down to their last strike. Uh, actually, the pitch before the walk-off was, was a strike, and Robbie Grossman should have struck out, but he, he got the call. I think it was Hyatt. It was it was up in the up in the outer portion of the plate, but um, got the call. Next pitch, he hits it hits it out and gets the walk off winner. So that was a, that was a fun win. It was a I, I like that. I mean, Myers didn't get the win in this, but he's he's got he another- performed
0: well yeah. enough to keep him in the game, and the bullpen yeah. did in a bullpen, which is is kind of up and down for you guys did an amazing job that shut down the Yankees lineup. So
1: that's, that's another thing I want to talk about quickly is how the bullpen has emerged uh, mainly with Michael Fulmer. I, I brought this up a little bit last week, but yeah, maybe, you know, Kansas maybe, the, city, winner,
0: maybe the winner of reclamation project of the year.
1: Well, it's, it's amazing. He in Kansas city, at least, you know, he's throwing a hundred miles an hour. Like I've never seen that out of, out of fulmer so it makes you wonder what what's going on you hear about all these these substances uh, increased spin rates uh, there's something going on you hear what? about all sorts of reclamation projects
0: i don't know i don't know uh, what you're talking about right so
1: and i don't think my teams that i root for are, are immune to these these uh i know mine are. advantage of the rules or mine are. Are. yeah yeah okay okay <laughs> um so I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to disparage Michael Fulmer, but I've just. I had no idea he was ever going to be throwing hundred miles an hour or being a lights out bullpen arm that that he's become. But he's he's a weapon, and I, I love it. So. But that's all I wanted to talk about with my tigers. Um, all right. Uh, do we get into the your new segment that we just created yeah. five minutes before the show? Pete's
0: beat. Yeah, we're uh, so uh, throughout the year. For those who are regular listeners, I've suddenly turned into this. You know, I like to. When something comes up that we question, I've been taking the time to dig into the facts and see what we can get to. When
1: you you did go to college with a journalist, I did,
0: so maybe it just comes naturally. So did I. So it comes
1: naturally to both of us. So I like this. Your investigative journalism skills. My favorite, one of my favorite books and one of my favorite movies is All the President's Men, where investigative journalism was born. That's right. With Bob Woodward and. Uh, Carl Bernstein. So, yeah, this makes perfect sense to me. This least. is my so, Pete,
0: Pete Woodward se- segment. So, um, <laughs> first off, I'm going to do a real quick one just to move on quickly. Um, we were asking each other, we didn't really know. Um, it came up last week about the Cubs never possibly reaching the Vax threshold. And what are the number of teams? And it is mm. nice to report in that as of yesterday, um, sixteen teams have all have already reached, or are, have, are, I don't know if it's not necessarily already, but have reached the vax thresholds.
1: 85% vaccinated.
0: 85% vaccinated. So 16 teams do have loosened uh regulations uh when it comes to COVID. So that's
1: that's that's important to know to have some perspective on what we were ripping on the Cubs for last week and I think duly duly so um that they are now one of 14 teams uh just under half the league that has not reached that threshold. So it's not, it's not like the Cubs are one of two no, teams that no, haven't done it. No, so that, right. that just not that I'm defending the Cubs, but that just puts, them, puts no, some No, I need a perspective on the situation,
0: I guess. And, and as we kind of tiptoed around it, and I think you do have to tiptoe around it, you know, it is a personal decision for a person too. So whatever. I thought
1: we did a really good job listening back on our, on our segment from last week. I, I think we, I think we did put that in proper perspective. It, it, it is a personal decision but it's a personal decision that affects other people. So it's not just a personal decision. So it makes it so complicated. So, all
0: right. Yeah. So, uh, to follow up, another question came up and we were talking about one of our favorite subjects, which we, I don't think we can get through a podcast this year without bringing up TLR. And it came back to what was Tony's stance? What was, what was Lusa and his lounges stance on, um, (laughs) hit on being thrown at when he was a younger manager where he may have been a little bit more feisty because he was you know 30 years younger and lo and behold back in 1991 when he was managing Oakland there was an incident where you may remember this name it was actually against the White Sox um the uh the Oakland A's won the game seven four back in nineteen ninety one. In I think it was Ju- June of nineteen ninety one. So almost almost wow. thirty years ago. And <laughs> Bobby Thigpen, who at one time had the record for the most saves at was it mm. fifty seven or fifty one or something forever. They, they they he never after that season he did not. His arm was jello. So, I believe that
1: was broken by one Papa Grande. It was. Um, it was broken by it was Papa. Jose like Valverde Grande. for the yes. Detroit
0: Tigers. So um he hit uh their catcher, uh, I think it was Steinbach or something like that, in the ear hole. Uh he's looking out his mm. ear hole in the ear hole of the helmet. Um, and here was the beauty of what I was able to find is it's just chock full of La Russa quotes in the post game to where <laughs> you will see that Tony La Russa, this will prove that Tony La Russa in the last 30 years has not changed, which wow. you can take it for what it's worth, either good or bad. He's, um, he's stuck to his gun. So uh Larusa never actually accused ThigPen of throwing at Steinbeck, saying, wow, only, Okay, I know what the intent was. I know exactly what happened out there. That's all I want to say. I know exactly what was involved, and, and that's the extent of it. If that's the cost you pay to win the game, then I don't like that cost. Uh Larusa then took exception to a question regarding Steinbeck's status and got all heated. Uh, got in a heated argument with Associated Pressman Bob Glass. That had to be a very scary moment, LaRusso was asked. I don't want to talk about that, Larusa answered, raising his voice. (laughs) And then Glass replied, okay, but you don't have to yell at me. This gets even better. I'll yell at you if I want to, LaRusso screamed before ending the group interview and ordering the reporter out of the room. (laughs) He then... And then Glass shouted, "Don't pull that. Smalty. Don't pull that. Be a man." La Russa turned back toward the reporter, visibly upset, "Be a man. My player is on the ground. That guy is about as much sense as a buzzard." He said, referring to Glass, Whoa. And, buzzard. and that was the article goes on much longer, but I just found yeah, that segment <laughs> thoroughly entertaining. So, that is what, entertaining. What we did learn is La Russa is still uh, is he does not in the mind of the He's on the mind of the pitcher. He doesn't know if he meant to throw at him or not. And he's had that stance for 30 plus years. Wasn't happy with that being the cost. You know, they won the game, but at what cost? And he doesn't want anyone hitting the head. And he was very clear in that post Mercedes interview that, well, I mean, it wasn't like he was throwing at his head. So that's, you know, we know what the intent yeah. was. So good or bad, yeah. he is TLR to the end.
1: So he doesn't he's, make it onto your hypocrisy radar, your, no, your never-ending crusade against hypocrisy?
0: I, he's not on my hypocrisy radar in this in this no. situation. You,
1: you might have to dig deeper. I mean, you could go back into the 80s if you wanted to <laughs> I, I, well, uh, find a piece of hypocrisy. Let me head
0: out to the library. Yeah. how much time did you spend on this <laughs> I, I, you <laughs> know it took about it took about 20 minutes to to search okay. correctly to find it this
1: is this is what we do with our spare time these days this is yes. how dedicated we are to this podcast i love it so love there
0: it. you go there's a couple follow-ups from last week and so there you go um and, well, i'm looking uh,
1: forward to to more of your investigations as we as we go <laughs> well, in this podcast that's, wait till my fantastic. picture today
0: with loretta's plaque
1: that's great we'll be breathlessly awaiting that
0: (laughs) maybe i'll report live from it
1: i think yeah text me let me know if you want to go live i'll be ready (laughs) so i think with that we need to move on to uh, our favorite segment shit you couldn't make up
0: oh you guys like to tell jokes and giggle and kid around huh what have we got here? A fucking comedian. <laughs> For a turkey
1: cemetery. Live coast. We get together, have a few laughs. Yep. Uh, um, I've got two. So I think you've got a couple. I've got one. So why don't you why don't you go with your first one? Okay. So all?
0: my first one is is just pure comedy. So so uh, first of all, have you, have you gone to the new era cap site at all lately? I uh,
1: saw what you're talking about, but I, and I haven't been on the site in a while. But
0: well, they have they have so many. I was thoroughly confused. Let me just start off here. There's so many different series of caps now that they're making for MLB. Uh, it's like it's see, like my m-
1: experience is is simplified because all I do is type in low crown. I get the low the low crown. Yeah. Uh, MLB cap, and that's all I look at. So I don't. I, but I have noticed they have tons of other series oh, they have and all, all these sorts collections of and all
0: stuff. this. So anyway, so they launched uh, for approximately like maybe an hour uh, something called local market caps on Tuesday, yeah. and as fast as they posted it on their site, they basically took it down due to pressure from social media <laughs> mockery of the caps. So what yeah, I'm going to do were... real quick is describe one cap in particular, which. I did not get to see. I did later see because people grabbed captures before they took it down, and it makes you kind of want to throw up in your mouth. Here's the Yankees cap. Featured on the Yankees cap are five area codes, the Statue of Liberty, an apple, a slice of pizza, a boot box on the rear of the cap above the stenciled New York logo, along with the words New York, the Empire State, in cursive script above the World Series logo. There's every
1: potential cliche you get about every city. Yes.
0: Yes. Is on this cap. who wants this like it's just it's it it, it it this is aesthetics this is like technically like yeah. aesthetics second segment of aesthetics this is yeah. uh, this is a this is like throw up on a cap yeah so um i think they realize that. visual diarrhea yeah visual diarrhea but the best cap and i i i'm guessing none of these have actually been i don't know if they just i don't know if they were they put them up but they are not actually done yet but there was a KC cap that was posted that had the area codes on it, but none of the area codes were Missouri or Kansas area codes. Oh, no. <laughs> so kudos to you, New Era, for really dropping the, only, the ball on this one.
1: The only thing I could think of is they were trying to maybe glom onto the the Nike City Connect yeah, thing that we so, were talking yeah. about, and they were trying to make that part of it. So they're trying to connect with the city, even Eesh. though they're not. They are not. Uh, nike and they didn't think this through very well apparently and oh, just go, threw every you, cliche they could possibly throw at it
0: yeah you, so equally obnoxious is the uh the cubs and socks versions of the i Cavs saw the still. cubs
1: one which was just a monstrosity because they included like eight different area codes right on the front of the yeah, hat next, yeah. next to the the cubs round c um it just yeah. it's just terrible design i personally i don't like much on my caps i like having the team logo on the front i can I can handle the new era logo on the side. I'm not a, not a huge fan of it, and then of course the MLB logo on the back. That on the back that that's plenty for me. I don't I don't need extra things. In fact, you know I've got the Cubs World Series championship hat, which is prominently displayed in my family room right now. But I don't like wearing it because it just feels like there's too much shit on the hat with that big patch on the side of it. So let's let's do less, not
0: more. Exactly.
1: Well, my shit you couldn't make up happened in in uh Washington this week where a rain delay ensued it looked like a monsoon pretty much which I couldn't figure out why that game wasn't just banged completely because it it looked like there was two inches of water on the on the tarp at least but that water came in handy for one naked man who got onto the field stripped down and slid across the tarp uh I mean what, not,
0: what really goes through people's heads nowadays. I, I, I it, don't even understand it.
1: It was a it was a perfectly executed slide. It was.
0: It was a perfectly executed slide. I'll give because you because
1: he, he ended up at the tube that normally the tarp is wrapped around. Um I don't know, like a 30-foot-long tube. He ended up at the mouth of this tube and crawled in as security guards finally made it to the scene. Um, (laughs) I feel terrible for these security guards because they had to peer into this tube, just looking at Ah. some naked man crawling through. Through, but and eventually had to root him out of there. I think the the naked man could have just stayed in the center of the
0: tube.
1: (laughs) There's no way those security guys are going in after
0: him. He he was safe. I mean, for as long as yeah, he could have just stand off
1: spent the rest of the delay in there if he wanted to but maybe there was weird shit in there that he wanted no part of who knows what's in the center of those those tarp tubes but he eventually emerged from the end with a smile on his face uh the security guards were not nearly as happy to be apprehending a naked man <laughs> i cannot blame them uh, but no. that, that was I don't know any more about the story. I didn't feel like doing any, any investigative journalism about who this man was or why he did what he did. I just wanted to laugh about the scene that he created. So that was definitely some shit I couldn't make up.
0: All right. My final one is actually occurred in probably the game you were watching last night in the sixth inning. The uh Gio Ursula was at the plate and my favorite, my favorite which name, game are we talking about i'm the, sorry the, the detroit uh new york game this happened Ursula. yeah don't know who that is he's the third baseman for the yankees is at the plate i missed that Funkhauser, my favorite name because of <laughs> yeah curve your enthusiasm Funkhauser yeah that's a good one for detroit and he throws ball three to the backstop to which urshula goes ahead and walks to first base and no one catches the fact that he walked on three balls, not four.
1: Is that what that was? Yes. That's
0: crazy.
1: Cause I never got an explanation about that. My, this is funny. I'm a, I'm a I keep bringing this up, but I, I am a middle-aged man living in my mom's basement right now. Uh, <laughs> but my mom and I were watching that game and she pointed it out before. And I didn't even understand what was going on until you just brought this up. Cause she saw that. Well, how did somebody walk on three pitches? And I didn't, I didn't know what she was talking about. You were just, just like, uh, "Okay, mom." <laughs> exactly. Um, I can
0: I get you I another just, beer? What I, <laughs> yeah,
1: what I assumed was, and by the way, my mom is a is a very fifty uh, year long Tigers fan, maybe sixty year long Tigers fan. She's been a fan since she was a kid. And she's she knows her shit, and she knew her shit last night. And I did not give her credit for it at the time, apparently, because she pointed that out and. I assumed it they just it was a 3-0 count and they decided to just walk. No, the, just no, automatic. It's
0: it actually a 3-2 count.
1: Wow. I did not see. Okay. So that's
0: that's awesome. I'm glad I mean, you picked th- up that's um did you see that or did you see it on social media? No, or I, I, you saw, find I saw it? the replay of it. Like okay. this just this happened. How did this happen? Like, was like the like like the ump? Like <laughs> what the hell? There, you got monitors you got the you got everyone's monitoring it and no one caught it they Uh, just gave him first base just take first base
1: well hey i can tell you i did not catch it but i can tell you my mom did catch that so i'm gonna have to go congratulate her after this after this podcast is over that that's crazy that was shit you couldn't make up right in front of my eyes that i didn't even know was
0: happening there you go
1: well, we have one more new segment to debut. You could say this could just be part of shit we couldn't make up, but it is happening to a rate where I think it diver- deserves its own segment, where I'm going to call this dumbass injury of the week. Oh, man, I see some crazy-ass shit in my time. Ah!
0: Ah! Oh, fudge. That's broken.
1: fiddle dee that will require a tetanus shot. Oh, the fuck's happening? Oh, man. Oh, man, I shot Mormon in the face. Why the fuck did you do that? I didn't mean to do it as an accident. We've had several over, over the weeks with our with our <laughs> Shit You Couldn't Make Up segment, but Zach Plesak made it into the news yet, yet again. Uh, this time, he, he's a former Asshole of the Week last year for us. This week he made it in the news by one of the dumbest injuries I've heard of where uh a pitcher, you know, a major league baseball pitcher whose livelihood is based on his hands, breaks his fucking thumb by quote unquote aggressively removing his jersey. Uh, apparently he was upset uh, in the poor outing he had. Yeah last week um i forget who it was against so i think it was three and two-thirds innings i know this because i had just picked him up on my fantasy team and mm. he shit the bat
0: immediately uh, yeah i move saw and i saw that trend and i dumped him off my fantasy team so and i see so he's
1: been on yours i picked him up foolishly he has since been jettisoned from my from my roster as i don't have room for him on my in my injured list anymore but uh yeah he apparently was upset I, I guess I don't know that this is the true story. There's some speculation that this is just a made-up thing, which is not a unknown occurrence where players make up fake excuses for why they broke their hands. But I could see him aggressively removing his jersey, and apparently he caught it on a chair in his locker or something.
0: It's it's just I don't know. So silly. I mean, uh,
1: it, it just it just made me laugh though. Like just the term aggressively. Like, you yeah, you I see know. Him just so that that's our dumbass injury of the week, Zach Pleissack. Congratulations, the inaugural winner of dumbass injury of the week. I, as things go and how many injuries are happening across the league, I think we're going to be able to populate this segment once a week with something equally as stupid.
0: So. Yeah, the injury bug is for real. It's a pandemic. Yeah. It's really a pandemic in baseball right now. That the real Man. pandemic is injuries. It's unbelievable
1: soft tissue it seems to be a hamstring everywhere yep. that's causing major consternation but i think with that mercifully this episode is just <laughs> bordering on two hours yeah now. i mean uh, we, it might come I, to an end unless unless you have anything else no
0: no i i just know that uh sometime in the next few weeks when we actually have time to talk about it when there's not so maybe there won't be so much interesting news going on with our teams we got to get into this balls and play issue in baseball, but uh there's mm. no time for this right now. So we'll put that put because that I have been doing it. investigative reporting on that and digging into the Pete's beat Did digging, digging into the stats from years past to where it might not be as big of an issue as they're making it out to be.
1: So oh, okay. All right. Babip, Let's get let's get deep. We'll we'll look for look forward to that in episode 58 or 68. All right. All right, well, with that, I think we should call this a, call this a podcast. You can find us on social media at Gayholes. You can find our website at MajorlyGayHoles.com or we have videos of all this uh, pared down into much smaller segments so you don't have to consume two hours of us at once. You can do five to ten minutes at a time. It's probably much needed. Um, rate, subscribe, review, do all that cool shit. And with that, I'm going to call this podcast is over. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, it's about time. S S H O.
0: soul, and I'm proud of it. Word Hall Media.